0: avast ye and welcome to the gay pirate podcast where two queer irl pirates talk about our flag means death one episode at a time i am lark malachi gray and i forgot that we're supposed to do the cute little thing after we say our names (laughs) (laughs) and i am
1: jesse blount and demon i'm the fucking devil
0: you win. That's great. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today?
1: Um, we are talking about uh, episode one of season two, Impossible Birds, in which we pick up sometime after the season one finale. Uh, Ed and Steed are separated. Steed and half the crew are on the book of Pirates, working for Jackie for money for a new ship, while Jim and Frenchie are on Ed's leather clad crew, killing a lot of people and raiding a lot of ships. Everyone's unhappy about their situation. Uh, while Steed and while Steed and crew have a season one hijinks to rob Jackie and fail, everyone realizes that Izzy Hands is in an unhealthy relationship with Ed, and he does not take that well. We end with Steed and his crew being, thankfully, not murdered by Jackie because a uh, renowned pirate queen, Zhang Li Sao, who has been masquerading as a soup vendor. Gets them out of trouble and sort of uh, Black Muslim onto onto her ship.
0: Yep. We are going to start things off with talk it through as a crew where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. We get this, like, really... I'm going to put this out there. Maybe someone can help me. What is the word... When you don't want to use the word stupid for a kind of humor that I feel like can only be described as stupid and that's like affectionate, like it's a really stupid joke and that's one of my favorite kinds of jokes and I can't think of a different word for it because literally nothing else actually like says what I mean when I, it's like something that exists for no other point than to be like so silly but like silliness has a frivolity to it that this doesn't. I don't know. Anyway, Jackie's Vista Suite joke is a really stupid joke that I really appreciate. Like, why? Why is that in there? Like, why is there a joke about, like, Vista Suite of all things in this pirate show? That's ridiculous. (laughs) I really appreciate it.
1: I mean, I think part of it is, like, so many jokes slash references that are just complete anachronisms
0: anachronism anachronism
1: thank you it's just that like we just get that one in there because it's funny and it's like okay yeah
0: (laughs) right exactly (laughs)
1: uh i do appreciate that my first thing is that and listeners uh if you weren't aware the like bit of a show before the theme song is often called the teaser this is the first time this is a literal tease in which we get this like Epic Ed and Steed reunion running on the beach and it's just
0: a dream and I'm like, <sighs> oh my god, no, I what a tease. We're gonna talk about this again in the rant section.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: yeah, my talk it through section is like just jokes and one question. So my next one is obviously the Swede giving a Swedish massage. I so silly.
1: Loved that joke so <laughs> much. I. Because, of course, what else are the Swedes' husbandly duties? But <laughs> I feel like whatever Jackie says about, like, her hamstrings is almost my opening quote, because it's just <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that someone gets to be like, we get to do a Swedish massage joke,
0: everyone. It's
1: mm-hmm. like, yes. Uh. Speaking of, so uh, we learned that Ed has a uh, trust no one tramp stamp slash lower uh-huh. back tattoo, which I love. <laughs> 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 and I'm just like, what an also, I don't know, I want to be like, excellent x file shout out. But it's just also funny for Ed to have that on his lower back.
0: It's so funny. The show stops like... Like if it was like a boulder rolling towards the edge of a cliff, it's like a Looney Tunes style, like perched on the edge for, away from us being rickrolled. And I really, <laughs> really appreciate that.
1: I, I have to imagine that. OK, if if it were me in the writer's room, I would be it would be hard because at one point you'd be like, it'd be so funny to have a rickrolled joke. But then it's like, everyone expect you to have a Rick Roll joke? So you have to have this like even weirder gin Ricky
0: joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he says they've been ricked. So it's like literally just missing one word. Yeah. I can't tell if it would have been better if they had gone all the way or if it's better for it to like stop just shy. So I guess maybe it's just like fine either way. Yeah, It's good.
1: But I, there's no doubt in my mind that someone's like, that was their immediate, maybe like rough draft. We have to make this
0: a Rick Roll I mean, that's probably like why they named him (laughs) Rick,
1: honestly. I hope so.
0: Actually, I don't know if that guy is after a real person or not. I didn't look anything up.
1: I did the briefest of searches in which I just typed, I just copy pasted his name into Wikipedia. Nothing came up. So I'm like, I don't know. All right. So probably not. All right, Um, my last thing is that there's not a lot of funny things happening with uh, the Leather Daddy crew of the ship, unfortunately, but I will say the fact that Frenchie's updated look involves, I call them at first Wolverine claws, like he has knives between his hands, but I'm like... No, you call them cat claws in your mind, Frenchie. (laughs) Totally. I just... I just... It's just such a... Like, joke? Reference? Callback? Callback. I love it. I'm like, of course you
0: would, Frenchie. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Uh, Yeah, my last thing is just... You know, I feel like in in the last season, we were sort of like, but where is the Queen Anne's revenge? And in this season, I feel like that question is even larger. Like, where the fuck is Blackbeard's ship? And what is the rest of his crew thinking? Like, why is he still on Steed's ship? What are you doing? Go home. (laughs) I don't...
1: (laughs) I feel like it's been long enough that whoever Ed temporarily left in charge has just been like this is my ship now and they're just off doing their thing is what i yeah for
0: good reason yeah
1: is what i would have imagined and probably a little bit like that person is sitting in a bar in the book of pirates being like wow literally dodged a bullet there
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally welcome to brigade of imbeciles where we talk about character development
1: there's a lot of character things happening in this first episode that we learn uh from where we left our characters off last season (sighs) who do you want to start with
0: (laughs) honestly my section is like shockingly short i just have like very brief observations but my first one is about steed so do you want to start there
1: yeah actually yeah um you know He's having obviously a rough time, but he's coping shockingly well, I think. Yeah. Uh, Like, he's really bringing his signature cheer to what is, in a lot of ways, a very unfortunate situation.
0: Yeah, agreed. He also has, like, my main observation about Steed in this episode is that he was literally built to be a concierge. I don't even know, I guess he's like the head, like the Mater d' really. He reminds me, I don't know how much you've watched Blues Brothers, I've watched it a lot. He reminds me a lot of Mr. Fabulous and Blues Brothers, the band member who left to become the Mater d' of like an extremely expensive restaurant. And Steed has the same vibe, you're just like, you were built for this. Like, nothing could be rude enough or shocking enough to like, flap you. You're just like, professional host. In your environment.
1: Yeah, I feel like it is unsurprising to see that from Steed. And I'm glad we get a little bit more of that once he's uh, Zhang Xiao's, like, essentially, like, maitre d' when she's, like, trying to get her own pirate army together. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this is is really you found your calling, (laughs) Steed.
0: Totally, yes.
1: Uh, So... Yeah, and like, honestly, at this point, also sort of the only one having season one level of hijinks. (laughs) So, uh, which is nice to see, because Ed's having a very rough midlife crisis. Yeah. And that's my next thing. It's just Ed's really intense crisis slash emotional wound that he is, I guess, processing like a lot of pirates do, considering we see a lot of pirates... Especially in this season where it's like, oh, none of y'all are good at emotional regulation or, like, dealing with your feelings in a way that isn't hurting yourself and others. So it's a little bit, it's not excusable, but, like, a little bit understanding. And, like, this is the environment that we imagine that Ed has seemed to have grown up in since he was, like, a teen, Mm -hmm. essentially. But, yeah, and it is... It is deeply shocking when he when he's just like, let's just murder this entire wedding party.
0: Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I have like most of the like trauma stuff in the like things that are fucked up sections. So I don't want to dig like too much into it just because we sort of have a promise that we'll keep the trigger warning stuff contained. Uh,
1: Yeah, he's a walking exposed wound and it is not good for anyone. Anyone around him or himself,
0: honestly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just want to like briefly say how happy I am that the Swede is so happy <laughs> with Jackie.
1: I it's it's like maybe the one of the most unexpected things, but I'm I was immediately like, oh no, I love this. Like when he's <laughs> like, I've rediscovered parts of myself.
0: I'm just like, oh, I know
1: that's so great.
0: Yeah, it's also. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like I guess I never thought about it in the last in the last season because we really we only meet like one and a half of Jackie's husbands and it you know one is dead and the other she clearly doesn't like. So I don't know something about seeing that Jackie is able to like deeply emotionally satisfy all 20 of her husbands is somehow really, really great. <laughs> I, I mean- So please.
1: The fact that we get more Spanish Jackie is honestly, like, I'm already like, yes, thank you. Like, this is clearing my edges, watering my crops, whatever you want to say, because I love Spanish Jackie. And so you're right, to kind of get a little more of a glimpse into her- emotional life a little bit of just the like oh so maybe your marriages just aren't about because you're like clearly like the richest person on the public of pirates but like you're actually right have an emotion like this giant like i must to say polycule because i'm like some it's of the a harem people, yeah. i
0: think it's a harem <laughs> i don't think there's really um because i well i don't know maybe they're allowed to like stray outside of the marriage but I'm not totally sure, but I think I, something. I think that the part where the sweet is like, "Oh, I, I had breakfast with that guy," and she's like, "Yeah, you're gonna have a lot more breakfast together." I'm like, "Are you like?" I feel like she's like, "Oh, the two of you would vibe." She's like creating friendships. She's making sure that they all like have meaningful connections with one another in addition to with her so that they're all, like, emotionally <laughs> satisfied and, like, not jealous. It's so lovely. Yeah,
1: and I guess I'm just, like, I, I guess I was envisioning that. I'm, like, I'm sure some of her husbands are also in, like, secondary relationships with them with, with each other,
0: too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's probably true.
1: Right. Right. And, like, right, they all seem to get along where this was, like, oh, we had breakfast with it. And, like, this, <laughs> we didn't even realize that was, like, one of Jackie's husbands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good for him he's really one of the few characters who comes out on top from beginning to end of the season
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah
1: yeah my next person actually is i guess i don't know if you have this another section a little bit about ricky our new villain which (laughs) i literally have in my notes that he's just that ricky's a rich trump a rich chump But crucially, not a soft hearted people purse homo like Steed. Because he gets introduced to being like, like we're alike, like I'm like a minor prince, like we're both landed gentry, like, you know, I really took an affinity. But it becomes really clear that Ricky is not anything like Mm Steed in a way that I'm just like, I mean, maybe Ricky is queer, but he's definitely not.
0: Yeah, I feel like Odd Bird is definitely thinly veiled um, euphemism for queer.
1: Yeah, he's just like a rich gay asshole who isn't a pirate for like emotional connection and found family, but just to feed his ego, essentially. And that's just really the crucial difference. And I'm like, see, that's why I got your nose cut off by Jackie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That in hubris, the fact that he's just like, oh, I gotta, like, loudly leave my ridiculous calling card. And you're like, get your shit together, man. Like, yeah, make that ahead of time if you need to leave a weird drink behind, you right.
1: Or, I don't know, an l- actual calling card, which would have been silent and not would have been like, hmm, if I'm a, a proprietor of a bar in a pirate island, I'm probably... It's sort of like for pet owners, the way you can hear your pet puking from like halfway across your home is sort of yeah. like Jackie was like someone's someone's fucking with the bar. I have to get up right now, and I'm like, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like primed. Like I, the sound of a dog like licking an empty water bowl will wake me up from a dead sleep. I'm like, oh my god, I'm such a bad dad. <laughs> I gotta go fill that up right now. They have three water bowls, everyone. They could drink somewhere else. They are never all empty <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Yeah, and so for the record, don't worry about spoiling it for me, but I have not watched the final three episodes of this, so as far as I know, Ricky never comes back onto <laughs> this show. <laughs> and I'm sure that he does, but it's so funny, like watching this having watched the first five episodes and being like why <laughs> did you introduce this man <laughs> like for for nothing for no follow-through
1: <laughs> oh no he, co- he comes back
0: i know he does
1: because you know he just he has to ruin it for the girls gaze and face
0: <laughs> yeah uh i was going to talk about Zhang Yisao, but I re- I feel like maybe we should just wait until next episode. And so I'll just say that I love that this episode multiple times really takes a moment to remind us that Oluwande is just like so leaps and bounds above everyone else in terms of like both competence and like observational skills. And so the fact that everyone is like, wow, she's like a soup pirate. And he's like, so you're not... You're not actually a soup seller, right? <laughs> and it, like literally no one else has clocked this yet. <laughs> I just really appreciate. It.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I am assuming he clocked that after she tells him and Steve that she murdered someone to get that soup stuff, <laughs> Which maybe is very common in the public of pirates, but probably. I think that <laughs> also probably not how you get that prime real estate. Or, like, hold on to that prime real estate if you're not, say, incredible with the (laughs) sword.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. But I I do feel like it's probably a safe assumption that, like, on the Republic of Pirates, pirate is maybe, like, a looser word where just, like, even if you're in soup vending, you're still pirating. You know, you're still, like, pillaging and plundering and murdering. So it's probably, like... That soup kiosk changes hands like once every three. Years. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: <laughs> you know, now that you said that, I'm like actually, it is how I imagined it. It's like, you know, you get it. You go to the baker. The baker is also a pirate. So yeah. everyone, everyone's just a pirate that is doing something else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Do you have anyone else here?
1: Um. I guess my last thing is. Uh, we have one more new pirate who becomes part of the gang. Archie, I don't know if we get her name.
0: We do not get her name.
1: I think we. it's like either later in the season or it's like in the credits. Um, because I know everyone is very excited about having more lady pirates. And so here we go. <laughs> She's really just rolling with whatever. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know about any of y'all, but this all seems normal
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Do You Fancy a Fine Fabric, where we talk about aesthetics. I am extremely into Wee John's ponytail. Super hot.
1: It's so cute.
0: I feel like... No, go ahead. I
1: was gonna say, he does feel like his look is extra gay this season.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that almost always Wee John's hair, I'm like, you were fucking killing it. But for whatever reason... I don't know the little like mostly shaved ponytail situation. I was like, yeah, that's hot. You're doing a great job.
1: Um, my first thing is that as low Daddy Crew, everyone gets a costume upgrade to be twice as twice as menacing. But I actually am kind of into both Jim and Frenchie's updated looks. I mean, Frenchie isn't actually wearing leather. He's just wearing a
0: circus.
1: <laughs> ringleader coat like a band like a marching band I think it's a band leader
0: coat coat. yeah yeah no literally goth Frenchie is so hot is one of my notes I (laughs) this is so silly Jim the like their like drawn on goth beard situation is like a like an Amish beard like it doesn't have the mustache part and it really bothers me (laughs) so like I'm not into it because I'm like you look Incomplete, like, why would you not? I mean, probably you don't want like boot blacking or whatever you're using on your upper lip. I get that, but that makes their look not be doing it for me. But like, I am obsessed with hot, hot goth Frenchie. Uh, yeah, his look is great. I feel like for Jim's look, I'm just kind of into
1: the creative use of rope that they are, that they are doing <laughs> with the like sh- rope shoulder pads. And then the kind of just rope stringing, like sort of strung up between on their chest. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for this. It's deeply ridiculous. You're right about where they have their boot blacking at is deeply weird. But yeah.
0: <laughs> um, my only other aesthetics point this week is that remember Pogs,
1: I I do remember Pugs.
0: <laughs> cool, Ed's back tattoo looks like something that belongs on the Pog. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, the font of it is def. It's definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean
0: the the above part, the like it's like a skull with like snake, like a snake going through its eye.
1: Oh my god, yeah, that part, which
0: is like peak Pog art.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like POG or would be on a sweatshirt in a skater shop in like nineteen ninety-six.
0: I feel like that's the same. Fair. <laughs> the same art. For our younger listeners, I don't even know how to explain what a pog is. It's a circle of cardboard with an image on it that like nine times out of ten either had like an eight ball, like the like the pool kind, like a pool eight ball, a a skull. Or a snake. Or a yin-yang. Yeah. So many yin-yang pogs. And in theory, it was a game. You got like a metal one and you like flipped them at each other. But mostly you just went to gags and gifts and spent 25 cents a pog for like just to have them because they looked cool. And they did look cool. And I had so many pogs. (laughs) I had a lot of pogs, but I shoplifted all of them. Except for this one time I was at a park.
1: And they had like a pog event for kids, so I like won some pogs.
0: Nice. Anyway, moving on. What else do you have here?
1: Uh, my last thing is just Zhang Li Sao's uh pirate queen outfit that sh- that she reveals at the end. That I'm like, oh, what a babe! Uh, so good. <laughs> it's just for so real. good. Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, listeners, I am nodding so emphatically. Yes, it's great.
1: Yeah, she looks great. Uh, I'm glad that they used some of their $80 budget for her outfit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Welcome to Stark Revelations, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I don't like gore. And don't like i don't know the like the wedding scene i like that the characters later are like so that was fucked up and i'm like yeah that was fucked up like why why is that in there and they did this in the last season too it's very effective that's why they do it but also i hate it with my whole being they when they're eating the cake there's like faintly in the background the sound of flies buzzing that just like makes it so fucking gross Um, anyway, yes, all of this trauma, the Ed's crew trauma, just, like, very upsetting.
1: Yeah, uh, so actually, I want to, I want to start a little bit zoomed out in that I honestly kind of don't like the choice where we went from, in season one, Ed sort of agonizing over what he would consider the, like, one direct death that he has. And we get through the course of the show that he is indirectly killed a ton of people but in his mind he's only directly murdered one person which is his dad and that's right. obviously a huge room. but now but then we go from that like a whole episode of like ed sort of agonizing over that to a sort of murder montage of him and his of him and the crew like murdering like 80 people in like the course of like four days yeah and i i don't know if i like that i guess
0: I hate it. Because I, it
1: it just, it seems like a weird, it seems like a weird turn to have made, to have gone from spending a lot of time, like, sort of agonizing over, like, murder, to just being like, man, it was fucked up that we murdered that whole wedding party. I'm like, but it wasn't fucked up the other, like, 20 people that you murdered? (laughs) Like, I guess I'm just a little bit like, I don't know if that was the best way to show how emotionally fucked up Ed was. And, and I say that in that, like, even me, who consumes, I would consider a lot of gory, violent media, and I'm fine with it. But I think the way that it's contextualized in this show, to go from, like, soft and cuddly to, like, all of a sudden it's, like, what show what am I watching again? Was just It's still just very jarring.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it sucks. Like, and I... I want to have like a a deeper conversation and probably the art of fuckery about like the choices that they made about this season in general, but like the yeah the gore and like the trauma that they've given us like the level of fucked up that Ed's entire crew is is like this is not the show for this like I don't th- yeah. it's like totally inappropriate for this to be on this show and like you this isn't the right audience this isn't the right yeah. genre and
1: i and i especially feel like because so much um finger quotations everyone prestige television of the past 5 to 10 years has been like we got to go really hard on the on the gore on the like violence on the trauma which even as someone who, like, does enjoy that kind of medium, like, not all television has to be that. Like, you don't have to go this hard for television. Like, we don't, it doesn't have to be any number of, like, violent prestige television. Like, we, like, just, like, we, like, I know where to go from that. And this is not, this is not the show that I went to to be a, like, man, I'm really glad that people are getting stabbed every episode with, like, blood spurts and, like, everyone's fucking sad about. Like, this is not, it's not what I'm here for.
0: Totally agreed. Yeah, no, literally just, like, Two days ago, Evan and I were having this conversation also about like Star Trek Discovery. Like what I don't like about Discovery is that it's like so heavy and it's like Star Trek is not. You can start like the beauty of things. I think like what Star Trek and Our Flag Means Death season one have in common is that they approach big themes in ways that still feel safe for like all viewers, regardless of like what your tolerance window is, right? You get to be like, I understand that we're talking about something that's very important, and I'm not watching someone, like, covered in blood while I do it. And so it just is like, remember, like, who you're making this for. Like, Our Flag Means Death was, like, a relief. It was a, like, oh, thank God, a thing that is... (laughs) Lovely and like doing something important and like isn't traumatizing to watch and yeah. it's not anymore.
1: Yeah, because like even even for me, like I don't know, I will watch your like gory fucked up like zombie show. Like I watch a ton of them. I love I love a zombie media story. Um, I can't, but it's not that I can watch like five episodes in a row. It's like I watch one episode and then I'm like I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> You know, um, and I feel like season one was just one giant palate cleanser. And this season definitely was not <laughs> No,
0: no, definitely. Exactly. Uh,
1: yeah, like I feel like, uh, uh, so listeners, up until I think literally two days ago, we were just going to do a couple of episodes about the whole season and not go episode by episode. And like Lark emailed where we texted he was like actually we could do it episode by episode and i was like great because i watched the first episode of this on sunday and then watched like three episodes of lower decks instead and i was like i kind of kind of want to keep watching lower decks
0: (laughs) yes exactly
1: (laughs) you know because like even in that show where it's like oh wow surprise heavy mom trauma didn't i wasn't expecting that it's still just like okay but it's still gonna be fun in the end and it was right exactly
0: yeah and i feel like the it feels like this season of this show is trying to have both like it's trying to be like heavy and intense prestige television and it's trying to be the goofy comedy that it was last season and i don't think it works like i don't think it's striking the balance that it thinks it's striking and i don't know that you can like it seems like you know if you have one of those like uh the libra symbol sort of old-timey scales right where you're trying to like get them to to be equal with one another and you're trying to like have goofy season one our flag means death on one side and like prestige drama on the other side like the scale would crack down the middle because those (laughs) things are diametrically opposed to one another so i don't think you can have you can't balance those things it, one is one is liquid and one is a solid, basically. Like, one's just going to run out of the scale because that's not yeah, what you're doing.
1: I think that it could have been achieved. I don't think you can do that in eight half-an-hour episodes, which, I mean, I think we will continue to talk about uh, the sort of production uh, changes between season one and season two, which I am forever, I think, irritated by. Because I feel like trying to cram a lot of the story into four hours, did this season a disservice. And I think that leaning heavier on the, like, heavy prestige television-esque level of trauma and violence was not the right (laughs) direction. And maybe if there had been an additional 10 hours of of this show, of this season, it could have been spread out. It could have... Hour? Mm, Okay, four hours total. I don't know. If this had been even... If we could have gotten like three more episodes and they were not half an hour long, I think. Okay.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, last season they were generally half an hour. It depended on the episode, but there were only 10 episodes. So I think it was like maybe six hours of TV total.
1: Yeah. I just feel like maybe some of this could have been diffused or spread out a little bit better. And maybe it wouldn't feel so intense because we really don't even get a like, everyone's having a like season one hijinks until Calypso's party, and even then, it just half of it is just like this is actually on the edge of like what is too much for me as someone who has watched all of Game of Thrones and fucking The Last of Us and fucking Interview with the Vampire, and like even that even that like this episode of a com of a rom com was like oh, I really can't watch Ed Lowe, like Ed whatever that the villain episode is like skin a guy like while he's burning. I'm like that is actually. What, what is happening? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, let me talk about the things that actually happened in this episode.
0: Yeah, well, for a time, we might need to just, like, move on from oh. this section. Unless okay. there's stuff that you really want to talk about.
1: Yeah, as dealing with this trauma very poorly.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Uh, yeah it's all just like really fucked up and like watching the like trauma of his crew is terrible
1: (laughs) yeah i know even with pirates who we know have like seen some shit like the fact that fang who is while obviously a, a tender bear of a guy uh is still also like he's been on blackbeard's crew for long enough even he's just like like he's freaking out like he's sobbing and it's just like this is really far beyond even just what even the normal pirate life is, uh, let alone for being used to the sort of Muppet pirates of, of being under Steed's leadership, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Welcome to the Art of Fuckery, where we rant about stuff. I would like, we already talked about how we're sort of disappointed in this season, but I would like to really like spend a second with that. By I went back to our hopes and predictions episode <laughs> and I wrote wrote everything down. And I'm going to read it off to you, and you will just give me a yes or no of whether or not we got the thing that we were hoping for. Okay. More origin stories. Sadly, no. More Oluwande and Jim. Oh sadly, no. More badmintons. No, but I'm okay with that. More Frenchy singing.
1: <sighs> zero. We get zero singing.
0: More Frenchy conspiracy theories. <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think... No, we don't get any more conspiracy theories. Lady pirates and lesbians. We do get that. Very little angst. Ugh, I really... <sighs> so, listeners, six out of seven... Of the things that we wanted badly enough to talk about it in the episode, many of which were echoed by our listeners who contributed to the episode, we did not get. I'm going to read two quotes and then we're going to get into this. Oh, three quotes. So uh, on the question of like, how long will we have to wait for them to kiss again? Something that I said is, Unless they're, like, finding other ways to be deeply, deeply satisfying in terms of fun and joy and not prolonged angst, I could wait until the second half of the season, as long as it's not angsty. Womp womp. (laughs) Something that you said on Lucius not being dead. I just don't think it's this kind of show. This isn't like Grimdark TM, prestige drama TM, where it's like, uh, in another show, I'd be afraid that Lucius is dead. But in this show, it's a romantic comedy. He's not dead. Womp womp.
1: Well, <laughs> he's, I mean, he is not dead. That is correct. Uh, he's dead inside. Uh, yeah.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yes and is. the final quote the fan base really leaning into the potential angst made me really nervous and then the trailer really let me let me let go of that anxiety and be like oh no this is a fun show it's going to be fun i allowed myself to get excited i shouldn't have done that and that leads me to my big rant which is that i think it is unforgivable that the writers and creators of this show allowed themselves to be so exposed to the phantom of this show <laughs> For the record, oh. I have not listened to a single podcast about anything that we make podcasts about since we started making those shows because I don't want my thinking about the things that we talk about to be affected by other people. I think that's like not how you make good art And I think that this is not the season we would have gotten if David Jenkins had not been reading the fanfic that people were writing. And I'm sure it was very validating for the people whose fics he read, but like, that's fucked up. That's not how you make art. That's like, don't let other people make art about your art and then make your art to reflect that. Be happy about your Twitter following and, like, hide in a cave. You don't need to know what they're saying. That's not your business. You're making a thing. I, like, I'm so mad about it. I think it's, like, literally the worst thing you could do as a creator.
1: Yeah, I... uh, Yeah, I don't... I mean, yeah. And, like, maybe even potentially more importantly, even, like, how many of the writers... We're also heavily engaged in the fandom, which is great. Like, it's, again, it's good to, like, see people are excited about your work. But I, I mean, I have to agree with you. I am just also a little bit, like, because it feels weird. It's, like, did you, like, forget the vibe of the show? (laughs) Because that's what it feels like.
0: And, like. It is not the fault of fan writers that the the show writers chose to read their work. Like, that's on the show writers. But also, like, why is there a culture in which that's what people expected from this season? Like, that's absurd. Why would you want that? I mean, I'm like, I
1: feel like I could give you, like, so many answers. Like, people using fic to work through their own issues, which is, like, great, fine, but, like, not what I want to see in the actual show. Like, it could be especially Americans being so much more comfortable with violence than sex, than soft things, which is also a little bit of a chicken-and-egg situation because so much of our media is also, like, so many people who control the media are also more comfortable with violence than with sex, especially gay sex, gay love. Like, Everyone listening, again, go watch This Film Is Not Yet Rated to know about how much queer shit is just cut out of movies because it's run because of conservative assholes in Hollywood. Like, uh, I mean, so many things, I guess. And I think honestly, I think what it comes down to for me is that there is already so much (laughs) painful queer media. Like, Even if you look at like a lot of like queer literature where it's like you were literally not able to get your shit published unless the gay person died at the end kind of thing. And I'm like, I hope I'm just like I want us to have I want queer people to have better kinds of media than the sort of continuing this history of like fucked up queer media. It's like it's I don't know. Just, like, let us have something. <laughs> like, let us have this.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Um, And honestly, I want to be like everyone. This is my fault. I had high hopes for this season and clearly I just jinxed us all.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I did, too.
1: I, I watch a lot of television. I go into everything with low expectations because it's just like, I just can't trust anyone to make anything good. <laughs> Right, and so it's always a pleasant surprise, and I'm like, oh, actually, this like this slaps, and for the first time in I think literally years, I'm like, wow, I actually do trust the writers to have a good season two. I have all these, I have like actual high hopes. Never again. <laughs> that was
0: no, for real, clear, never again. Clearly a
1: mistake. <laughs> not making that mistake again. <laughs> Everyone's going back to low expectations from here on out.
0: Yeah, absolutely uh, agreed. Yeah, it sucks. And my my only other rant here is that, like, I think for this episode, the thing that sucks the most is that the, like, fake-out intro has literally everything that I wanted from this season. Izzy Hands, dead. Ed and Steed, back together at the very beginning of episode one. And then A, it's fake, and B, it ends in a fart joke, which is, like... The worst. The least funny kind of joke that you can have like what why this yeah. isn't monty python what are you doing
1: yeah it the yeah the the worst tease just the biggest worst tease i'm just like i don't know i don't know I don't the kind of fuck you it's like i like I've been out here caping for this show to be successful and I'm like this i'm just like y'all really really
0: yeah and like even (laughs) even now in a place where i'm like yeah we can make a season because like listeners before we were planning on not doing it because i was like i don't think i can talk about this in a way that doesn't just like bum everyone out i now feel like i've settled into my disappointment enough that i can like only be a bummer a little bit of the time but whoa fuck i just lost my train of thought oh yes but Imagine a world in which that, the the teaser opening was the actual opening of the show. Like, how much better would everything be? How much better would this season be if we started things off with Steed killing Izzy and reuniting <laughs> with Ed and then just going from there? Like... Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I feel like I could have handled the angst of them trying to reconfigure what their relationship means after the end of season one, um, which we do get some of, but just much further in the season than I ever would have guessed or wanted. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I only have one rant, and it is not... a about
0: this, <laughs> this season as a whole. Yes, what is it?
1: Um, okay, so we get Steed and our crew working for Jackie, saving up money to buy a new ship, which Olu, Olu is like, uh, do, do you realize how much money a ship costs? <laughs> uh, and Steed just being the most optimistic is like, we're going to do it, it'll be fine. And then Jackie finds the money and steals it all because she's just like, I'm housing you guys. And I feel like What an excellent example about why living at your job is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. Like company towns, like just don't, don't like, don't do it. Cause then you just end up owing where you work money. (laughs) And and every time I see a like internet article about how like tech companies trying to basically create company towns again, where it's like, we'll just supply your housing and you can, or whatever. And I'm like, this is a bad idea. Yes. Like this yeah. historic this is literally historically a bad idea
0: terrible idea
1: <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> um deeply funny because the swede is also like uh I, we're just gonna take the rest of your money for on, on the, the job, job trading <laughs> 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 uh, it's
0: so funny yeah Welcome to "And They Were Co-Captains," where we talk about sexy stuff.
1: Okay, I have to say that I, 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 kind of, I am actually kind of digging Steed's beard in our opening teaser of their reunion. That he does not have at all for this season. It's only in this, in this, in his dream about, you know, his <laughs> reunion with Ed, where he also just has a like very glorious like golden beard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it kind of works. I, I see it that's great yeah
0: I like it I like it for sure
1: Um, and then my last thing is that we learned that the sweet is like shockingly ripped like he's shirtless (laughs) and when he's giving Jackie his sweetest massage and I'm like damn (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: the glow up we never expected and yet also deserved because we deserve anything nice that we can find in (laughs) (laughs) these yes Welcome to The Crystals Attract Demons, where we talk about science and history and stuff. Um, Alright, so we hear about some impossible birds sure do. that never land, and I just want to say that this is very nearly true of Swift's. Um, these are birds that do everything but, like, sleep and hatch chicks in the air. They catch their food in the air. They mate in the air. They do not land until bedtime, and they, like, really can't, they can't, like, walk. They have, they sleep in, like, empty logs and chimneys and stuff because they basically, like, fall in and, like, grab onto something as they're falling to sleep, and, like, they make their nests on vertical surfaces that they can basically fall into to, like, feed their chicks and stuff like that. Um, and those are the only times that they land the rest of the time in the air. So, not not so far-fetched.
1: Yeah, actually, I I also looked this up, and I found an article from the Abaddon Society where they essentially, because technology is getting better, they can, like, better, like, track birds, and they put some, like, trackers on some common Swifts which are I think native to Europe but they migrate and they tracked a couple of like some of the Swifts that they were tracking were like flew for s- 10 months straight
0: without sleeping
1: they sleep in the air those like so they're, since they're migrating they sleep in the air the only time the only time that they were landing was to like nest and like hatch their chicks Interesting. and then when and when then this kind of Swift was migrating they're like they were some of them were like some of them did take breaks, but there's a couple that were just like continue like just continually going. And I'm like, that is outrageous.
0: Yeah. The Swifts that are here, so I know about these because like they roost in a chimney in Portland, like tens of thousands of birds. And they all like they go out for the day to catch their food and whatever, do whatever they're doing. And then at sunset, they just like come together and Literally tens of thousands of birds sleep in this chimney, so they go in like a tornado. That is so going awesome. into. It's so fucking cool. Someday, I like I you need to come visit us in August so that we can go watch the birds together. Like thousands of people are there on like a weeknight to watch these birds because it's so rad. But yeah, like that's it. They fly all day and then they like go in this chimney to sleep, and it's on their migration path also it's really fun cuz there's like always at least one hawk that's like hanging out on the chimney <laughs> cuz it knows that it's going to they're going to go in there and it's like I'm going to catch a bird and so it like depends on the night like is the is the hawk going to catch a bird or are the swifts going to like drive the hawk off and like everyone's like waiting to see what <laughs> happens This year when we went, the the birds were like, Fuck you, hawk, and like chased it away, and everyone was like cheering. (laughs) 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 Like thousands of people just being like, Yeah, get that hawk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So great. Oh. Yeah. That does sound so nice. Yeah. There's also a bunch of seabirds that don't spend as much time in flight, but travel a great distance and are like fly for a really long time. So yeah. So probably definitely a thing that sailors have talked about. And I mean makes sense if you're just like, does this bird ever land? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Why is this bird? In the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the fucking
1: ocean. Right.
0: (laughs) Where where are you going? Where are you where are you sleeping? Like not on my boat. So like clearly nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Birds are so cool. Do you have anything else here?
1: I do. I just have a little bit about indigo. Which uh Steed and the crew steal from Jackie. And everyone's just like, why is any why does everyone care about this blue dirt? And it's like, actually it's indigo, it's worth a fuck ton of money. So I looked into it a little bit. And it goes from a plant at this time of history, not that history matters at all <laughs> in this show. Um it was primarily being like the plant there's multiple kinds of indigo, but a lot of it was being farmed in India. And the reason why it was so expensive is because unlike a lot of other trade you were getting through the ocean, it kept well and the ship it doesn't, it doesn't rot. It like, and it's like so valuable because it's like, besides woad in Europe and like some other kinds of like indigo-ish plants in the US/ um, slash indigo plantations during slavery but that's later anyway. Like, where the fuck else are you getting a really good blue dye from? You know, it was just a very, a very good cargo to have had, which is clearly why someone, I'm sure, pirated this <laughs> and sold it to Jackie. So, yeah. But yeah, apparently it was, according to this Wikipedia source, blue gold because of how valuable it was in fabric dyeing. And yeah, again, if you're transporting something from across the globe <laughs> for
0: months on end, like... Also, was not it- like... This is one of those things where I'm like, where did this information enter my brain? But wasn't the like purple blue dye other than that was like fermented snails or something like that? I feel like I watched someone do the process of making this dye on TikTok and it was like a 17 step process and also disgusting because you're like fermenting seafood, not seafood, but like whatever. Um, And like smells terrible so, I can see how something that's like much more pleasant than that would be a great alternative too.
1: <laughs> so, according to Wikipedia, that what you're talking about, uh royal purple, imperial purple. Yeah. So, the dye is secreted by several species of predatory sea snails. In ancient times, checking this dye involved tens of thousands of snails and substantial labor, as a result, the dye was highly valued. Yeah. Yeah, and these snails I don't know if it's the snail or the shells, but I'm sure very tiny. Oh, they secrete this substance when they're poked, so you can So you can either milk the snails by poking them, it seems like.
0: Or But then I think you have to do all this process to like make it so that it'll stick to fabric, because otherwise I think it just washes out. Yeah. At least according to this TikTok that I watched of someone with like a lot of barrels and shit, and I was like lengths that people will go to. Also, I mean, honestly, probably that person does it at like rent fairs or something like that. It's probably their job.
1: Yeah. It looks like it takes several says it takes
0: several days, according to Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. Which would also make sense why it was wildly expensive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But something that doesn't involve like fermentation. I'm like, yeah, people would be like please. Yes, please. Like, I just have to mix it with water and dye my clothes. That sounds so great.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. And unlike something like, I don't know, nutmeg or other spices, like it doesn't rot or only being grown in like one tiny
0: island or something. So, yeah. Welcome to our final segment, Petrified Orange, where we talk about our new favorite things. Uh, My new favorite thing for this episode, I think you alluded to earlier, and it is when Jackie is getting her massage and she's like, fuck those hammies up. (laughs)
1: Yes, that is the (laughs) one! Oh, I love love that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, My favorite thing is some trivia that I had to dig a little bit for. But so we see all of Jackie's husbands and... Two of those actors are trans. So uh, Jackie, I mean, as we learned last season, trans-affirming. Yeah, trans-affirming and her husband picking,
0: which we love to see. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I love that information.
1: I saw that and I was like... i'm so happy <laughs> yeah yeah i wish that
0: we had like a little more of them because i definitely paused a couple times to try and like see more of jackie's husbands you know it'd be like who's who's in there but it's really not we don't yeah. get any good shots
1: i think i found this out because one of the one of the actors posted on instagram themselves and like the other trans actor to be like so happy to be on the set i'm like oh that's so great
0: yeah so. that's lovely i know All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We will be back in two weeks. And if you want extended versions of our conversations, you should join our Patreon at patreon.com slash hashtag ruthless. And just to make sure you heard that right, two weeks. We're not coming out every week this time. We're coming out every other week. And if you miss us on the off weeks, we make other podcasts that will be coming out on those weeks. So check the show notes for everything. And... Until next time, farewell bonnets playthings.